Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. There we go. So good to see you guys, and thank you for coming out today on a snowy day. And I know there's many of you joining online, so we want to say welcome to those who are joining online as well. Actually, I got a couple of texts this morning, people who drive quite a distance to get here, and, um, and they said, hey, we're just going to be joining you online. But I do know there's somebody here from Lincoln who drove all the way down, of course. Uh, thank you, uh, Kevin, for always being down here, regardless of weather. Um, it is amazing where people come from to call this place home, and, and they want to be in God's presence, and they want to um, be in his word and continue to grow. Well, today we are ending this series on the pioneer's path, and we thought what better way to end this series than to hear from you, the people of Grace Capital Church, of what God has done in your life during this series. Today, we're going to have an opportunity to share some testimonies, and I'm going to need a microphone up here at some point in time, so as soon as somebody has one of those, we can put that up here. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to recap a little bit of what we've been through, this journey that we've been through. Thank you so much. And we're going to um, tell you what we're going to do in preparation for the testimonies. So first and foremost, let me tell you what a testimony is in the context of what we're looking for. A testimony is sharing what God has done in your life. This is what you once were and this is what you are. This is the story of God's healing, of God's provision, of God doing something of significance in your life or in the life of somebody else that you've been really contending for. So what we're going to do here, as I'm going to kind of share a little bit about um, our review from this whole series, I can't believe it's been seven weeks uh, on this series that we've been on, and it just seems like a flash that we're already at the end, but I have uh, Lars and Carla, they're two of our elders, they're behind the sound booth, and they want to hear your story, and they're going to be able to say, hey, yeah, that's a story for today, we want that to be shared um, with the body, or they're going to say, hey, you know what, that's an amazing story, but, but maybe we can hold that for another time. But the, the reality is, is we want to be able to have you to give an opportunity to share what God has done. Now, the caveat on this is like, oh, I'm afraid to come up on stage, and I'll be here with you. Don't worry. I'll put my arm around you if you start trembling, or if you get weak-kneed, we'll, we'll do this together. But I also want to say that, that these are just need to be short, a minute or less. All you need to do is say, this is what my life was before. God showed up, and this is what happened. I love this story that, that Jesus, um, there was a healing of a blind man, and, and the Pharisees were like trying to validate this healing. And he goes, like, who sinned? And, you know, the, the Pharisees are getting all theological on this. And it was like, the blind man goes, I, I don't know anything that you're talking about. All I know is I once was blind, but now I see. <laughs> and uh, he was giving praise to Jesus. And I really want this to be an opportunity to make it not about us, but to make it about Jesus and that we give him our worship, we give him the glory, we give him the praise. And by the way, God inhabits the praises of, of his people and I, his presence will be here this morning, as already is, with, we worshiped him. But he's going to enjoy hearing your story. So know that you're going to put a smile on Jesus' face. 
Well, let's just review where we have been. So we started this series. Um, we tied in the story of the children of Israel being released out of slavery from Egypt and this journey through the wilderness to the, we got them across the Jordan River and the process of starting to take uh, the land of Canaan, which was the promised land and needing to overcome Jericho. We started with Moses though, encountering God in the burning bush. And we said this, knowing your pioneer's call starts with an encounter with a pioneering God. Remember that? We talked about how Moses encounters God in the burning bush, bush who gives him instructions to free Israel from the slavery that they were facing in Egypt. So if first and foremost starts by an encounter with God, and some of you have stories about God encounters, I would like to hear those this morning. Then we talked about the next week, a pioneer's call will require a call to action. See, Moses had an opportunity to do with what he was going to do with what God told him. He said, either you're going to actually go to Pharaoh and say, release all these people, or you're going to say, I can't do that. And we're saying the pioneer's call is requiring you to have a call to action. And some of you had to overcome fear. Some of you had to overcome some things to respond to the call that God has placed in your life. And some of you are going to share stories about that. Then we talked about every pioneer will face resistance that will require persistence. Remember that message? I love this in Life Group. We were talking about how we have to have this persistent faith sometimes that we've got to not just give up so easy. How many times did Pharaoh tell Moses no? And yet, in the face of resistance, that persistence allowed him to overcome the obstacles. An interesting thing about the obstacles is they really became opportunities for God to show off. God to show his glory in his miraculous way. Then we went on, what are we taking on this journey? In the Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, we were talking about casting off everything that hinders. And then we talked about what are we carrying in our minds? What are we carrying in our wallet? And what are we carrying in our heart? And the idea that we got to get rid of this critical thinking. We got to get rid of this negativity. That's what caused them to wander the, the, the desert for so long. We had to talk about what are you carrying in your heart? Bitterness, anger, and God was saying, you can't, that's extra weight, get rid of it. Instead of carry forgiveness and love, we talked about what was in your wallet and the idea of learning to be generous. Are you, are you just holding on? Are you just clamoring to what you think that you need to keep? And the reality is God saying, hey, no, 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 I want you to live generously because that will allow you to be free from all of those bondages that resources could place on you if you're clinging on too tightly. Then we talked about to stay on this path, we have to know the reason why we're on the path, right? We're like, we're on this journey. Everybody gets excited about the journey. Then we get partway through. It's like, wait a second. How come there's obstacles? How come there's giants? Wait a second. And then you get discouraged and like, well, maybe we'll just go back to Egypt, and we said, wait a second, you have to understand why you're on it. And the, the why was this. This world needs to see people who are living for Jesus and they need to see God shows up on this earth by how? By people like you and I. We're agents, we're ambassadors, we're the intermediaries, if you will. And the why for being on this pioneer's path is so people can see God through our lives. 
to see Jesus through our lives and so they can find hope in him, but it starts by allowing Jesus to be represented through us. That's the why we're on this path. That's the purpose that keeps us persisting, moving forward. And then we, last week, we talked about the promises of God require a tailored word from God. Remember, for them to move into Um, to take the land into Jericho, they had to hear the instructions, the strategy that God had for them to overtake this fortified city, Jericho, a, a fortified city. And they had to understand, God, what are you asking us to do? And last week is powerful. Many of you took off your shoes. Some of you came up front. I even saw some bare feet up here. And we basically said, this is holy ground. Like what Moses did and what Joshua did, they, they, when they encountered the presence of God, they took off their shoes representing, this is holy ground. And God, we needed to hear your strategy. And some of you this morning are going to tell me, tell us and share with us the strategy that God's giving you, or maybe not specifics, but saying, you know what? I, in obedience, I took my shoes off and God spoke to me. And we want to hear the changed lives because of that. So that was our pioneer's path. That was a journey we're on. And if we just came here and said, that was amazing, and our lives weren't changed, we might as well just close this thing up and say, well, I'll go home and find other ways to have our lives be changed. But I know that's not the case. I've seen too many of you posting things on Facebook of what God is doing. So I'm going to call Julia up, first of all, to hear uh, a testimony. And then I've got another list of some other folks here who said they wanted to share. And again, this is, uh, this is a real great opportunity to celebrate what God has been doing in the lives of people in our church. Well, welcome, Julia. Good to have you up here. Yes, come on right down here. So tell us, tell me a little bit about uh, what, ha- what has God done in your life? Well, first off, it's not just me. If anybody needs encouragement right now, go to the Facebook page. God is moving in this church. There is so much going on and so many blessings and miracles happening in people's lives right now. It's not just me. I'm just going to start it off. And I hope other people have courage to share their stories too. Um, I have been struggling, and we've talked about this in life group. You're in my life group, aren't you? I am. All right. And we've talked about this in life group. I've been struggling with really being depleted of my joy and my self-worth, and a lot of it is around my job, what I've been doing for work. As a single mom, you take the jobs that you get, right? Um, But this job has really just torn apart my spirit. And we've been praying that I would get a new job. And a couple weeks ago, the message about obstacles, you made a statement. You said, you know, I really feel like you had called a couple people to healing, but you said, I also really feel like somebody here needs to know that they can claim a victory. Mm. And that was me. And at that moment, I declared victory over my job. And I got a new job that week. And I I got a new job because my self-worth was restored. Mm -hmm. And I felt worthy enough to declare a victory that I wasn't feeling worthy of. And God said, no, you are worthy. And I've prepared you 
by you being in the job that you're in now, I've prepared you for the job that you're going to accept. And I am fully trained and equipped for my new job in a way that I never would have been if I had not been going through what I've been going through. So it just all came to a really beautiful conclusion. This, so this he brought you week. into new promised land. Yes. You had to endure the desert for a season, but he brought you into yep. the promised land. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's give a big hand. Pat West. So remember, if you have a story to be shared, I, I want you to encourage you to go right behind the sound booth. And um, Lars and uh, Carla would be able to like to hear your story. And then they're going to shoot me a text up here. And I will get a chance to call you. And um, here we go. So, Pat, welcome. And so, thank you so much. So, in a minute or less, why don't you share what God... I'll hold the mic for you. Oh, okay. So, good. you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so, i got to see my notes. Um, the... Um I used to volunteer at Rise Again um, every week for um, a couple of years, and I had stopped for whatever reason. And I was taking a friend to the doctor's office, and the secretary of Rise Again came in. And so we got to talking, and she, I asked how things were. And one person was out because she'd had surgery, and another person was out because her husband had passed away, and another person was out because he broke his foot. And so I'm thinking, okay, I should probably go and volunteer since I had done it before. And I sat on that for about a month. And the very first week that Pastor Mark um, gave the Pioneer's Path, he said that we should look for where God is working and go and join him. And I thought, oh, man. (laughs) So anyway, the next week I started volunteering again at Rise Again. But I had been been fearful um, for a while of very a lot of different things. And um, so then the next week, um, Pastor Richie um, gave the message and he said that we should be ready for change (laughs) and that we should be bold. (laughs) So um, I've struggled with fear for a very long time. It's become a bad habit. And I just decided that week that I wasn't going to struggle with fear anymore, that I was going to step out and I was going to do some of those things that I was fearful of, that I I was um, going to serve in ways that, uh, that would be good for me, but would also be good for other people, and that um, I, would not, I would just kind of um, challenge myself in a lot of different ways. And so this is a challenge. So he, so he helped you overcome fear. <laughs> yes. He, he helped, helped you overcome, overcome fear. fear. Um, you have something else. Well, yeah, I have something else. Well, your minute's to, almost up. I know. I'm, All I'm, right. <laughs> But keep going. Now that I'm up here, yeah. Um, I had no intention of doing a testimony. I had heard about this earlier in the week, and I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. But then this morning when I came in, I heard that later on we're going to be singing a song, I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear. I am a child of God. And that has become my song. Yes. Can you give her a big hand? Thank you so much, Pat. Dave Nickerson, can I have you come up? Yeah, so I also want a few testimonies of physical healing. I know many of you received physical healing. And so um, if that's one of you, if you wouldn't mind um, going back there and sharing that with them so I know who you are to call you up. And I'm just going to see who's next in the queue. Can I have Dave Gazaway also up here, please? Um, And Charlie Temple. We'll kind of guys get you lined up. So Dave, share with me... um, I can't have you hold there. I'm going to have you hold right there. What has God done in your life or in the life of somebody else as it relates to the series that we've been in? 
I first want to say that great are you God. Great are you God. We saying that um, this series has brought me to realizing great are you God. That it's God's will, not my will. Mm. Um, I, I'm here to testify that the power of prayer and miracles. Mm. My, um, my father, uh, 12 days ago, on the 13th, just before Valentine's Day, um, suddenly suffered a dissecting aortic aneurysm that ruptured. Um, he was brought to Concord Hospital. And I got there, and I didn't get to see him, to speak to him. Um, the doctors pulled me aside and said that he's not going to make it. Um, he's bleeding internally, and there's nothing we can do but get him in a helicopter and get him to Dartmouth. But he's more than likely not going to survive. So we had to start prayer. And it started with me with prayer first. And I reached out immediately to the life group. Mm. And it started a prayer chain that was bigger and greater than I could ever believe. He, made, he survived a helicopter flight. Um, he survived with less than a 5% chance of survival. When he arrived at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center, the flight crew actually brought him all the way into the OR, which is not typical. He had lost his entire blood volume into his chest. God wanted him here for a reason. Um, he survived a surgery that is only new technology. He came out of it, and he is in, in the ICU right now, still in an induced coma. He is one of a few cases in the world that have the condition he has, but God is with him and has provided Amen. a miracle because of that. The biggest Amen. thing that has come out of this is a recognition of people that are agnostic are praying, and they're praying for him, and they're praying and acknowledging the miracles. The day after on Wednesday, on Valentine's Day, the entire campus of Concord Hospital was all talking about the miracles. The doctor who was world-renowned vascular surgeon said it was a miracle. Miracles are divine. That's right. There is nothing else that produces a miracle but God right. through Jesus. And that's the miracle, is that the more we pray for him, the more my father is laying there using God to pray back for us here as a body Amen. throughout, that we have God. Amen. Thank you so much. Glory to God on that one. Thank you so much, Dave Gasway. I want to encourage you, if you're watching online, and if you have a testimony, there's a little chat side on the side of your box there. I want you to encourage you to type in your testimony, and maybe we'll find a feed on that, or we'll go back and look at your uh, feeds of what God has been doing in your life. Well, welcome, father-in-law. This yes, is my father-in-law, father Mr. David Gazaway. I was told to be short and sweet. You know, I can, I can give my testimony in three words. However, I'll go into a little more detail. <laughs> the three words is, he is able. Amen. About three months ago, I was uh, suffering with uh, pain, depression, and uh, I just couldn't find any answers. Neither could the doctors. I had been to several doctors, and they did this, that, and the other thing. They said, oh, you're okay, Dave. Don't worry about it. 
Well, <clears throat> I finally got to the point where I told my wife I'm going to the ER. And we went in, and there was a doctor there, and she examined me, and she says, uh, I'll find the answers. And that was the best news that I had heard. So about three months ago, almost to the day, I was sitting in uh, Concord Hospital, and I was diagnosed with colon cancer. And uh, I was operated on, but during that time, many prayers went out from this church and individuals had come to visit me and uh, I could feel the presence of God when they were there with me. It was fantastic. I can tell you that. Today, I'm standing here with the promises of God that uh, he still has something for me to do. That was related to me at that time. Mm -hmm. And I says, well, what can that be? I'm 85 years old uh, and I need this, that, and the other thing. Well, I soon found out what he wanted. I bowled on uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, and uh, I have come to the point where <laughs> uh, I have met several people there who needed God. One of the women is searching for the Holy Spirit. We pray every Wednesday together in the presence of other people there bowling. And on Thursday, we had a lady who was uh, uh, ill, and another lady came up to her and was, was praying with her, and I was led to go over and touch her with my hand and when we got done it was just like the Holy Spirit had, had come upon them and they were just filled with joy Amen. and understanding so I could see what God had in store for me you know so it might not be what I wanted but it was something that he had in my life Amen. and I thank him so much for that yeah thing. thank you so much Dave wow God is so good God is so good Charlie Temple, I think you're speaking on behalf of somebody else in your life group. I am, and it's, it's wonderful the way God works. God is really talking about fear and prayer this morning, overcoming that fear often through prayer. And as our life group met, we talked about prayer, because very often someone will come up with a really heavy, heavy burden, and will say, I'll pray for you, and we'll walk away. And what we got out of this, these messages was pray, right there, right then. Kathleen and Sean over in their reserved seats over there, they have a ministry after this church. They go to the city side grill. They have met one of the servers there, Mickey, who has shared her life with them. She has a son who needed a kidney transplant. The life group was praying through that. We were hearing messages from Mark, Pastor Mark and Pastor Richie. And Mickey, this server, had always noticed that Sean and Kathleen were praying. And she was very respectful about it. She would come over and she would bow her head and they would pray. She shared this story about her son. They relayed to her that not only were they, they were praying, but the life group was praying. And here's the, the really crucial part of their testimony. After the transplant, the kidney went dormant. It fell asleep, as the doctor said. Prayer was needed. Kathleen is not one who's going to get up in a restaurant and pray with somebody. It's not going to happen. God took a hold of her. She got up. She took Mickey's hands at the city side grill and prayed very specifically, not only for that kidney to wake, 
but for the doctor, the surgeon. Here's how God answered that prayer at the city side grill. The surgeon who came in to wake up this kidney is the surgeon who invented the process, the procedure. There was a tube that was a problem. He's the guy who invented it. He's the guy God sent to fix it. The kidneys awake, people. So Kathleen and Sean, thanks for the Cityside Grill campus that we now, <laughs> now have. Thank you for your boldness. You stepped out in Christ, in Christ arrived. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Charlie. Sarah, thank you. Glory to God on these. Ryan, I can have you come right up and stand behind Sarah here. Sarah, share with us a little bit of what God's been doing in your life. Um, so <clears throat> I've had back problems for years and years and years. Um, and I have a problem where my muscles will just clench up around my spine. Yeah. And it makes it really hard to move. Um, I even had a few days where I had to miss church and watch online because I couldn't even get out of bed. Um, and then a few weeks ago, you actually asked you know people to stand up and... Um, specifically for people with back pain yeah um and you prayed over us and in that moment i just i got very open and i felt the spirit of god just wash over me and my muscles i could feel them just start to unfurl around wow, my spine yeah. it was amazing i came up to you after and told yeah. you about it but um i'd never felt anything like that it yeah. was truly amazing and i really um since that I, I have been able to get up out of bed every day Woo! my back doesn't hurt it's, thank you thank awesome. you sir praise God on that yeah and just just to remind you it, it's she said yeah Mark prayed over it's, it was the spirit of God that um, that led us to that place and it was just coming into agreement with what God was already doing so it had nothing to do with me I was just being obedient to what the spirit of God was doing at that moment and so that is incredible. Glory to God on that one. Thank you, Sarah, for showing. So, Ryan, hey, Hi. how you doing? I'm nervous. I, I, yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to come up here, but I'm doing things that God tells me I should do. Great. So, I just wanted to come up and talk about coming over homelessness and addiction. Um, I've fought with addiction for a good half of my life, and I've been sober and clean for two years and four months. <laughs> Um, but the tough part was it was white-knuckled sobriety for the first almost two years. And I was a miserable person and just had trouble, you know. I didn't love myself, I think, is what the problem was. So then we became homeless, me and my wife, Mary. And uh, we came into this program called Family Promise, which led us to this very church. And uh, just when we came in here, I met... Mark came and he sat down and ate with us and I just knew. Mary told me too, she's like, we need to get in the church and start going and ever since I came in here, it's been nothing but good things. Like I've met so many good people and just the blessings come out and the most important part is, is that I met God, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and come to find out that he's been following me around for 32 years now. I just never knew he was there, you know? I didn't, I had faith, but it was kind of blind faith, but you know, 
I've had some pretty dark times in life, and I've came out of them alive, thankfully. And we, you know, we talk about the miracles. And uh, my first miracle was the day I went to rehab and got out of all that stuff. So the miracle starts when you want it to, you know. And some of them you might not see. They're not always these big, glorious things. But if you search for God, he'll come and find you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. What you might not know is that he and his wife were baptized here. Um, they, it's, a, it's an incredible story. All these stories are incredible stories of what, of what the Lord has been doing. So, Kathy, come on here, and if you could follow that one. Very emotional. Um, I've never met Ryan before. And it for it's, you. it's not an accident that I came after him because, Ryan, I just... I just am so blessed by your testimony of persistence in your white knuckle two years because my story has also to do with a problem with alcohol and we, my husband and I, have been blessed with no white knuckle period and praise God, but you persisted and congratulations to you. So, my husband um, was an occasional binge drinker over 20 years' time. And um, so we had an incident, let's say, um, oh, I don't know, approximately once every month or two over 20 years. And the last one was in early December. Um, And my persistence, I guess, was in sticking around and and staying with it. There was never any physical abuse or anything, but it was really tough. Um, And I wanted to say it was unfortunate the series didn't start a couple weeks earlier, but that also was part of the plan because what I had to let go of, what my call to action was, it was actually to not take action. It was to let go of trying to not only not knowing I couldn't control his drinking, but also particularly I was I was in a, a horrible state. He put me in the hospital with worrying about how I was going to communicate to my son, who's in college, that we had quit drinking. I, of course, in support of my husband, got rid of all the alcohol and quit early December. My son comes home one week later. And I'm so concerned that there should be a relapse, that there should be something. And so I'm controlling, trying to get my husband to present this wonderful new life. And he's like, well, what if I just don't drink? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I, you know, his appointment was canceled. And I thought, you know, he's going to need support with this. But the Holy Spirit came and he didn't need any support and he he didn't need any he was in a great mood all the time he's been in a great mood all the time so loving so not moody he's lost weight um which was you know that's his reason for doing this publicly i don't care what it is it's done and and he's done it he's done it yeah and It's it's a journey. I'm still persisting. Why am I on this path? Um, It's so that I make sure 
my husband knows what I know is that the Holy Spirit did this. And I need, what I've done is I've gotten a little bit addicted into my work since this this happened because it's part of the nature of my personality. And so I sort of had to find a new thing and, and that's all great. But so I'm looking at all these books to get ready for my tutoring when my husband sees me and he's watching TV. And I need to get out my Bible and play my music and make sure he knows, he knows that I know. It's not about me convincing him. He has to learn that for himself but I know and I'm going to bring my knowledge into my home God bless thank you so much thank you so much let's have one more Lars come up Um, isn't God amazing isn't he amazing yeah, just just a quick story. About three, um, I don't know, maybe a month ago, about four weeks ago, a couple weeks into the series, uh, I was out shoveling. It was a snowy um, day, and and shoveling, and and it's I I've never heard the voice of God like this audible voice, um, but and I didn't that day either. But I was as I was shoveling, I was just kind of praying and and meditating and listening to to what God was kind of placing on my heart, and He said. Um, he said, I think somebody's got, um, somebody, he said, somebody's going to buy your house. Somebody's going to buy your house. Um, and I wasn't really even thinking about that over the, the, the uh, previous months. But anyway, I went inside, uh, sat down uh, to watch TV. And within about, no line, less than 10 minutes, I get a text message from a realtor friend of mine. And he says, do you have time for a call? So I said, sure. He called me, and about um, he called me. He said, Lars. He said, this isn't about computers. This is. He's like, I think I have somebody to buy your house. And you know how you have those moment, those God moments where kind of the hair on the back of your neck stands up, and you're like, this can be no other. This is this is God. This is a God moment. So anyway, so sure enough, got a phone call. The people came over that day, um, made us an offer on our house, and. We've sold our house. We haven't closed, but it was one of those moments in life that I'll never forget. It was within 10 minutes, him saying, I've got a word for you. This is the word. And then I got this call and this text message uh, within minutes. So that's good. Um, and it's just quickly, it's about me throwing things kind of, uh, it's about the wallet, right? It's about throwing things out of your life and, and not focusing on things of this earth, not focusing on possessions. And ever since then, I've seen my house in a whole different light. I've seen it as this doesn't own me, right? God owns me. He's got this all under control. So that's my quick testimony. Thank you, Lars. Well, I wanted to um, just remind us of of the goodness. Did you have a testimony that you wanted to share from online, Um, Jorgen? Three. Well, do you want to just maybe share one of them? Just come on up here. And um, so, the why we do this is because God gets all the credit. And it, 
hopefully builds your faith to realize that God is so involved in your life. He might be chasing you for 30 years. He might be, you know, um, whispering that voice of like, hey, you know what, I've got, I've got this under control for you. And then all of a sudden you see God shows through, comes through. So what do we have here? This online stuff is so much fun to see this. <laughs> so Mary says, I had uh, a concussion in her life. And uh, her life group had prayed over her. And it was gone. The headaches were three solid weeks straight. And after her, the prayer, after the prayer of her life group, the, it did, they just left. So that's a praise. Yeah. And we had Roberta here who says, my marriage is being restored. My husband and I divorced a year ago. I've, been, I've continued to pray that his heart would, would change. And God is working and he wants to restore our relationship. God changes the heart. Say amen. And then uh, Holly LeBlanc wanted to say that um, her testimony is about uh, her mom, her mom's asthma attack, and her stats were low, and they were talking about um, intubating her. And as I started to pray, she says, as, as I started to pray as hard as I could, after they prepared her for this, her vital signs went up, and she just praised the Lord. So you see that God moves in that very moment. Amen. Amen. That's what we got so far. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 